This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Trash Talk with TK. I'm back after a recent trip overseas to Europe. I'm not a big Europe guy. Um, Went to Germany for a few days and then Switzerland. My wife really wanted to go. uh, So I acquiesced. And went. I'm just not a huge overseas travel guy. I, I don't like being on planes for long. I just don't like being disconnected. My phone broke over there. Uh, but it was a good time. The part in Germany was a good time. Um, the part in Switzerland, not not as enjoyable. But went to Oktoberfest. Uh, watched the Eagles-Lions game over there, which uh, found a bar that played it with a bunch of Eagles fans. And that was cool, except for the ending of the game, of course. But back now, recharged. Been doing... Uh, some of the shows overnight on WIP uh, this past week. And it's Wednesday afternoon right now as I record this podcast. And I told you, if you listen to the show when I was on on Monday morning, that I would be stunned if I came back on the air on Tuesday morning and Gabe Kapler was still the manager of the Phillies. And, you know, that was taking into account the holiday on Monday and everything. I, I just thought that the Phillies were going to make a move at some point and kind of move on and decide officially what their next steps are going to be. No move then. No move Tuesday. Now it's Wednesday afternoon. Still no decisions been made. Now there are some rumors that this could carry all the way into next week. And I just don't know what the hell the Phillies organization is doing right now. And, you know, I see people, you know, I've made some comments on Twitter about this being a dysfunctional kind of incompetent organization. The fact that they haven't made a decision to this point. And I'll see people say, Oh, you just want, they don't have to do anything at your pace. You just want it done at your pace. It has nothing to do with my pace. It has nothing to do with what I want. It has to do with the fact this this organization has had the last two months to evaluate the manager and evaluate the front office and decide what route they wanted to go. And they can't make what would appear to be the most simple of decisions. Now, I've told you for a long time, I think Gabe Kapler has not done a good enough job as manager of the Phillies. Do I think he's their biggest problem? No. But do I think he is a problem? Yeah. And I think he should be gone. I think Matt Klontak and Andy McPhail are bigger problems. I think they should both be gone. That being said, if John Middleton disagrees with me, you know, I think that would be misguided, but that's his right. And if he disagrees and he decides he wants to keep them back, keep them here and bring them back, then fine. But you got to make that decision. You know, the fact that you've had this entire season and more than anything, this past month or so, once you really knew you weren't going to the playoffs, to evaluate the situation and 
decide what route you wanted to proceed. How is it three days now after the season ended and you still don't know what you want to do? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. It has nothing to do with my personal satisfaction, what I want, what fans want. It's just, you know, a competent organization at this point would know what direction they want to go and move on. Bottom line. And the fact that John Middleton apparently still can't make up his mind after all that's gone down, after everything that's happened over the last few months, after this entire season, the fact that John Middleton still cannot make up his mind is a bad sign. Because you look at good owners, most good owners are... They're, what's the best way to say this? They're decisive. You look at Jeffrey Lurie, and I think this example is applicable all the time, and it's the one I always bring up. In 2015, Jeffrey Lurie gave Chip Kelly full autonomy over his organization. After the 2014 season, he removed Howie Roseman, uh, gave everything to Chip Kelly and said, Chip, this is your organization. I entrust you with the Philadelphia Eagles, do your thing. Jeffrey Lurie recognized that that was the wrong decision and immediately acted on it. He did not even give Chip Kelly the entire 2015 season. He fired him the week before the final game of the season. That is decisive ownership. That is good leadership. That is how you, you act. If you, you know that things are wrong, if you know that a decision is not the right one, you act on it. And John Middleton, maybe he doesn't think that Gabe Kapler, Matt Klintak, and Andy McPhail deserve to be fired. I do. I certainly think they deserve to go. But if he doesn't, fine. Just announce they're back. Seriously. If that is the decision you were going to make, then announce that they are back and let's move on. Announce their back and move on. The fact that he still apparently doesn't know what he wants to do, the fact that he apparently still doesn't know what the right decision is, tells me this guy has no clue how to lead an organization. He has no clue how to lead a franchise. And I've been on the Middleton thing for a while now. Because when you look at the history of the Phillies, when you look at this ownership group and the more John Middleton's influence has grown, the more he has taken the lead role in stewarding the Phillies, the worse run they've become. It's just clear once you see, you know, when they were a group committee kind of leadership, you know, style, this organization was better run. The more John Middleton has taken the face, the more John Middleton has become the the main focal owner, the main focal leader of this organization, they have become worse run. He made a mistake back in the mid-2000s, you know, whatever, whatever the decade is called, not firing Ruben Amaro earlier. Ruben Amaro, for, for a long time, tried to keep this organization uh, competing and did not rebuild when he should have rebuilt and made bad signings, and John Middleton waited way too long to rebuild this organization. That was his first mistake. Now, I don't know. Maybe Ruben Amaro was taking directives from John Middleton. 
Because John Middleton's clearly shown he doesn't know what he's doing. Then he hires McPhail and Klintak. They've done a bad job. Over the course of the Phillies being bad the last few years, you should come out of that with a tremendous farm system. This farm system is subpar. That is the they are the guys that John Middleton hired to do this job, and they have done a poor job with the farm system. They've done a poor job assembling a, a, a roster. They've done an awful job with the pitching staff. Now, what gives you any any confidence that John Middleton knows anything about leading a baseball franchise? Because I think he does not want to fire Klintak and McPhail because he doesn't want to admit that he was wrong. And he was wrong. He has done a poor job. John Middleton is the biggest problem with this organization right now. And the fact that he still doesn't know. Three days after the season, you had a month to evaluate this, man. You've had a month to figure this out. And he still cannot make a simple decision in terms of whether it's worth bringing these guys back or not. The answer is no. They haven't done a good enough job. Get rid of them. But even if he has a different opinion, even if he thinks, no, you know, I'm going to give him one more year. Give him one more year. This this charade of not making an announcement and still going through the process, it's it looks bad. It looks really bad. And it gives me a horrible feeling for the future of this organization. The fact that they cannot come to decisions that should have been made months ago is really concerning to me. John Middleton is so concerned with just, you know, having the good publicity out there. And he goes out and he says the things everybody wants to hear. I want this bleeping trophy back. And he goes out and he does everything he can to get Bryce Harper. And I'm not saying Bryce Harper is a bad signing. I think Bryce Harper is a good signing. Bryce Harper had a good year. But everything in totality with John Middleton leads you to think this guy doesn't have a damn clue what he's doing. And he's the biggest problem. I McPhail and Klentak are awful. Gabe, not good. Middleton is the big issue. And until he learns how to be a decisive owner, until he learns how to delegate properly, this organization's in big trouble. Because I don't know how they're going to rectify some of these problems. I don't know how they're going to fix a lot of the issues that they have. The pitching staff is is totally bereft of talent. Totally. You have a starting line. You're one of your best players, one of the guys you were going to build around, Reese Hoskins, is lost due to this coaching staff part, partly. And John Middleton is sitting back not doing anything. Phillies are in trouble. And I'm stunned there hasn't been a decision. There better be one soon. Because as they wait, all these other teams that want to hire front office guys, all these other teams that want to hire managers, they're getting a head start. This is really leading me to think everybody's going to be back. Just because John Middleton is scared to do what's necessary. As for the MLB postseason, I'm going to give you some of my picks here. Uh, tremendous game last night as the Nationals beat the Brewers 4-3. to uh, Josh Hader, who's like one of the biggest locks in any bullpen in baseball, comes out, doesn't have good stuff, loads the bases, then Soto the big hit. The right fielder, um, forget his name, but he uh, just an inexcusable play. Uh, to boot that ball, allowing not only the tying run to score, but the go-ahead run coming to score. And the Nats really exercise some demons with that win. And they're a scary team, man. The Nationals can really hit. They got a good rotation. They're going to L.A. to play the Dodgers. Uh, I think it's going to be a competitive series. I do like the Dodgers, though, in five. 
uh, to win that series. The other NL series, um, you got the Cardinals and the Braves. I like the Braves in four. I think the Braves will win that series. Uh, I think they're really good. I think the Braves are, are uh, part of the reason I'm so pessimistic about the Phillies going forward is not just the Braves, but the Nats, even the Mets, you know, could have better outlooks going forward than the Phillies do. But then I have a Braves, Dodgers, NLCS. I'll take the Dodgers in six. I think the Dodgers get back to their third straight World Series. Will this be the year? I just think they're the most complete team. Braves still a little young, maybe not quite ready uh, to make that jump yet. But the Braves have a chance. Nats have a chance. I I think the Cardinals are the team in the National League that I really uh, don't like to get to the World Series. But if the Nats can find a way to beat the Dodgers, the Nats could be one of those wild card teams to make a run all the way there. Baseball's a weird sport. Happens sometimes. Randomness. You know, I think the Nats are a wild card team that would have a chance, but I'll take the Dodgers to get to the World Series out of the NL and the AL wild card game. A raise and A's. I like the A's to win that wild card game. And you'd have the A's and the, the Astros. I think that's an Astros sweep. The Astros are absolutely stacked. Lineup, rotation, they are loaded. I think that Astros sweep that series. Yankees, Twins, really could be a very entertaining series. Twins are really good. Yankees really good. I'll take the Yankees in five. I think that one goes the distance. Yankees over the Twins. Yankees, Astros, and the ALCS. I'll take the Astros in six. They're just the best team. And then in the World Series, I have Astros-Dodgers rematch from two years ago, which is a great World Series. That one went seven. Game five of that World Series, one of the best games I've ever seen. Clayton Kershaw, at the height of his postseason struggles, just imploded in Houston. That was like a crazy extra inning game. I think it was like 13-12 the final or something like that. Uh, But I'll take the Astros over the Dodgers in five. Uh, Actually, I'll make it six. Astros over the Dodgers in six in the World Series. And the Houston Astros, I think, win their first or their uh, second World Series in the last three years. Now for the Eagles, before we get into some NFL games for this weekend, big story with the Eagles, obviously, right now. Uh, the wait to see what happens with Jalen Ramsey. And, you know, this thing's still in a holding pattern. He's still not practicing for the Jaguars with a back injury that isn't really a back injury. I just think he wants out. I don't think he wants to play, obviously. Well, you know he wants out. But I don't think this back injury is something that would really be preventing him from playing if he really wanted to play. I mean, if Jalen Ramsey had to play or really wanted to be out there, I think this is something he could probably play through. I mean, he was fine a couple weeks ago. And last week it was back injury, then paternity leave, and all this stuff. Jalen Ramsey wants out. The Jaguars right now are being stubborn. They're 2-2, two and two, but realistically, what are the Jaguars going to do this season? And I know Tom, Cough- Tom Coughlin's just a, a clown in a lot of ways. Like, I understand not wanting to trade Jalen Ramsey. And I understand Jalen Ramsey is not acting very professionally right now. I understand that. And, you know, I get that. But if you're the Jaguars, Nick Foles is out. And I know Gardner Minshew's played well. Gardner Minshew is not Nick Foles. Gardner Minshew is not as good as Nick Foles. Now, what are you going to do if you're Jacksonville? Your season is realistically over. They are not going to win a Super Bowl. They have Jalen Ramsey for one more year after this year. Yeah, they can keep playing the franchise tag game. But do you really want to do this with this guy? Eventually, the Jaguars are going to have to trade him. Bottom line. And they're holding out for now. Eventually, they are going to have to trade him. I don't think the Jaguars are going to be able to hang on much longer. I think Gardner Minshew has played well. I think he's decent. But 
I don't think this magic is going to continue. I think eventually they're going to start losing football games and they're going to fall out of this race and they're going to come to the realization that Jalen Ramsey's not going to resign. And if he's not going to resign and you can get significant trade, you know, assets for him, why wouldn't you do that if you were in the Jaguars position? Now, from the Eagles perspective, and I'm not the guy who says go get every big name. I I a lot of times don't think that's the right way to go. I think people get enamored with big names even if they don't really fit great. But Jalen Ramsey is the perfect fit for the Philadelphia Eagles right now. With the injuries that they have at the cornerback position, the weakness they have at that spot, you have a chance to go out and potentially get the best player at that position in all in all football. You can say to Jalen Ramsey, go out, cover this guy. It doesn't matter who it is. DeAndre Hopkins, who he locked down for four, five catches for 40 yards a couple weeks ago. Uh, Julio Jones, you have Jalen Ramsey in that game, you win that game. Um, Amari Cooper, who you're going to see twice a year. Any receiver in the league, you tell Jalen Ramsey, go out and stick that guy, and he will do it. And he will shut him down. He is that good. The Eagles need to make this move. The Eagles need to find a way to get this done. And the, the, the debate has been about whether you'd give up two first-round picks. Hell yes. Hell yes. No second questions asked. Yes, I am giving up two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. I'm not thinking twice about it. You know, maybe you can do it where you give them a 2020 first-rounder and a 2022 first-rounder. If that helps people calm down about this a little bit, then you don't have to give them in consecutive years. You keep your 2021, and you go from there. But people are so afraid to give up draft picks, man. Like, dude, you're talking about Jalen Ramsey. This is the best corner in the game. You're not going to find a player like this anywhere else. You're just not. You trade for him. You sign him to a big money extension because he is worth it. He will anchor your defense. He will anchor your secondary for the next five years. How can you not be, uh, you know, how can you not want to do that? People get so worried about trading first. Oh, you can't trade first round picks. They're going to be late first round picks, which is why Jacksonville wants two of them anyway. Their picks between 25 and 30, they're essentially, they're essentially second round picks, early second round picks for Jalen Ramsey. I would give up two ones and a three. I would. I would give up a 2020 first rounder, a 2022 first rounder, a 2021 third rounder. It is worth it. This guy is worth it. He is the best in the game. He changes your defense. He would change everything about the Eagles defense. Every single thing. They would go from one of the weaker secondaries in the league to one of the best secondaries in the league. I like Rasul Douglas on the other side. He's played tremendous. But, you know, Darby, Maddox, uh, Sidney Jones, who you can't rely on, these guys aren't good enough. Maddox, I think, has a chance to be a good slot corner. He's down now. You know, hopefully you get Jalen Mills back. I know people hate Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills brings a physicality and a toughness to that cornerback position that they are lacking. And if you get him back, which apparently you might after week six, uh, he might be ready to go. That would be a big lift. But Jalen Ramsey changes everything. If you're serious about competing and winning a Super Bowl, you need to go get this deal done if you're Howie Roseman. And it just surprises me that so many people are kind of against this trade. Doesn't make doesn't make a lot of sense that people are so worried about giving up a first rounder. But uh, that's why Jalen Ramsey rant. Uh, before we wrap up here, I just want to look at the games on the NFL card this week, week five, Thursday night game, really good Thursday night game. One of the things the NFL has done well over the past couple of years, really making these Thursday night games a lot 
better matchups. You got the Rams at the Seahawks. Rams coming off a bad loss where their their offense ended. They just look terrible against Tampa Bay. You give off 55. Goff didn't play well. Um, really bad game from them. Seahawks coming off a win at Arizona. It's in Seattle where that's a tough place to win. I think the Rams win that game, though. I have a feeling coming off that loss, Sean McVay will have some things schemed up. I think the Rams beat the Seahawks. The line's won. I would look at take. I might take Rams money line. I have to stay at Borgata every Thursday night uh, because I work the morning show Friday. So yeah, I might I might uh, throw a couple bucks on the Rams um, to win that game outright on Thursday night. Cardinals Bengals. That's a crappy game. Cardinals at Bengals. Bengals are terrible. I actually think Cardinals win that game, uh, but we won't talk too much about that. Bills at Tennessee. Three and one Bills. Two and two Titans. Uh, Matt Barkley could be starting that game. That's an ugly matchup. I don't really like either of those teams' offenses. Both play good defense. So I think the Titans win that game. They are minus three. I would stay away from it uh, from a betting perspective um, because the, the Titans are, every year, the most hard-to-peg team in the NFL. They are schizophrenic week-to-week. Um, Bills could win that game 6-3. I don't know. That That's one of those weird matchups. But I think the Titans win. Wouldn't bet on it. Uh, Bears at Raiders. Bears minus five. Another game I'd stay away from. I think the Bears probably win it. Chase Daniel likely to start with Mitch Trubisky out. Raiders coming off a big win in Indy. I don't think Raiders are very good. I don't think John Gruden's a very good coach. But Chase Daniel, you know, he played well last week. But we know Chase Daniel isn't that good. That's the Khalil Mack revenge game. You know Khalil Mack is going to go in there looking to just wreak havoc after John Gruden wouldn't pay him. Traded him away. Um, I'd expect the Bears to win a tight game. A little surprised they're five-point favorites. I thought it'd be a little less. uh, And that game's actually in London, not in Oakland. But I thought the spread would be a little less with uh, Mitch Trubisky, even though Trubisky's played terrible so far this year. But I'll take the Bears to win the game. Uh, But uh, I would not bet on that one at all. New Orleans giving up three and a half at home to Tampa. I like New Orleans in that game. Coming off the win over Dallas, Tampa. Flying back cross-country after a big win out west. Um, I like the Saints, and I like them probably to cover uh, in that one. Giants hosting Minnesota. Minnesota minus five and a half. Um, Kirk Cousins stinks. I'm sorry, but I saw all I needed to see from Kirk Cousins last year. When he had a chance, week 17, to knock the Eagles out of the playoffs, get the Vikings in by just beating a Bears team that wasn't playing anybody, and he couldn't do it, that was... The biggest choke job I've ever seen from a quarterback. And he's playing terrible this year. Just Adam Thielen's calling him out. Uh, man, they paid him three years, $84 million guaranteed. Imagine that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think Kirk Cousins is very good. Daniel Jones playing well for the Giants. I do think this is a game the Vikings win, mainly just because it's kind of the game they need to win. They need to, they need to get this matchup. Um, you know, coming off that loss last week to the Bears, ugly loss. They got the Eagles coming in next week, which, you know, if they lose this one to the Giants, the Eagles could beat them next week. They could be two and four real quick. So I think the Vikings win. I don't necessarily like them to cover the five and a half on the road, though. Jets at Eagles the next one. Now we'll get a little deeper into this one. Eagles 13 and a half point favorites. I think that line's about right. I'm taking the Eagles to win this game, by the way, 34 to 20. Usually we'll do a bigger breakdown, but this game's so... um. Kind of anticlimactic, not really feeling the need to do that. Sam Darnold likely out for the Jets. I think the Eagles are going to be in control of this one the whole time. Uh, 
Watch out for a possible Jets backdoor cover. I think they'll get it close at the end. Like Eagles probably up 34 to 10, kind of fall asleep. Jets get some garbage points late. That's exactly what the Jets did to New England a couple weeks ago before their bye. But I like the Eagles to win this one eagle easily. Um, 13 and a half is just always a big line to bet. If I had to choose either way, I'd say the Eagles cover, uh, but it's going to be tight. I take the Eagles 34 to 20 in that one. Um, I might, I'd probably actually take the over of 44 just because I think the Eagles will put up a lot of points. Jets will probably get some garbage uh, points late. Um, Ravens at Steelers, Baltimore minus three. I love that game for the Ravens, even though it's on the road. Ravens really need a win coming off a bad loss to Cleveland at home in which they look terrible. They've lost two in a row now at the Steelers of Mason Rudolph. I love the Ravens in that game. Probably going to bet that one this weekend. Uh, Baltimore minus three on the road. Patriots at Redskins. Patriots 15 and a half point favorites. Again, big line, scary. Um, the Redskins are terrible. though. I don't know who they're going to start a quarterback. Jay Gruden still doesn't know. Um, Dwayne Haskins clearly not ready. I, I just, but Case Keenum stinks. Colt McCoy might be back. That's a disastrous situation down in Washington. I mean, Miami's the worst team in the league. Redskins are not that far behind, though. Uh, but I take the Patriots. I don't know if I bet on the line, though. 15 and a half, just, just too big a line for me to feel comfortable with. Jaguars at Carolina. Carolina giving up three and a half at home. Uh, I like Carolina to win that game. I think the Minshew magic uh, kind of starts to wear off a little bit. Again, not a game I'm willing to uh, to bet, though. Two unpredictable quarterbacks in Kyle Allen and Gardner Minshew, even though they both had early success. You got to imagine that will not sustain itself for too long. Uh, Houston giving up five and a half at home to Atlanta. You talk about two desperate teams. Houston, a bad loss at home to Carolina last week. They're two and two. Falcons, one and three. Their only win against the Eagles. And I know people say, oh, that loss looks so bad now. And it doesn't look great, but... The Eagles had a lot of injuries they dealt with early in that game. That Goddard, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson injuries in the first half of that game really killed the Eagles. Um, and it's a shame because the Eagles otherwise, I think, would have won that game going away. But Houston minus five and a half. I like Atlanta to cover. I do. Atlanta's such a weird team. Every time you count them out, they kind of bounce back. I think they'll cover. I, I do think Houston will win the game, though, but I think it'll be a tight game. Um, so I like Houston to win Atlanta to cover. Broncos at Chargers. Chargers giving up six and a half at home to the Broncos. Broncos 0-4, but they're a team that plays tough. Chargers very unpredictable 2-2. I like the Chargers to win the game, but I do like the Broncos to cover that spread of six and a half. Packers to Cowboys, probably the game of the week. Um, Cowboys giving up three and a half. After that, loss to New Orleans. That's a bad loss. With Without Drew Brees, Cowboys should have won that game. That is a bad loss to lose that game to a New Orleans team without, without Drew Brees starting Teddy Bridgewater. Cowboys should have won that game. Come home, giving up three and a half to the Packers. I like the Cowboys in this game, and I like them to cover. I, I think the tough part for Dallas is that Green Bay is coming in on 10 days rest. You know, after that loss to the Eagles, they have a little extra rest. Maybe helps the Packers. Obviously, we'll all be rooting for the Packers in that game. But if I had to tell you, I like Dallas coming off that loss at home. If it was in Green Bay, different story. It's in Dallas. I like the Cowboys. Colts, Chiefs, Chiefs giving up 11 
I think that's too much. I, I like the Colts to cover. I like the Chiefs to win the game. Chiefs somehow win that game last week in Detroit. They just always find a way, even though Detroit should have won that game. Chiefs, you knew Patrick Mahomes was taking them down at the end to win that game. Um, he's amazing. Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks, one of the best young quarterbacks I've ever seen in this league. The things he does are just remarkable. So, like the Chiefs to win, but do like the Colts to cover. And then the Monday night game, Browns at San Fran. San Fran giving up three and a half. Um, both these teams are, are kind of odd. Both, I just have a hard time getting a handle on. I like Kyle Shanahan with the Niners a lot. I think the Niners win the game and get the 4-0. I really do. I really like Kyle Shanahan. Not a huge fan of the Browns. I, I didn't think they were going to have a good year. I didn't think they were going to live up to the hype. Certainly got a big win last week. But I like the Niners. Three and a half, though. Could be a field goal game. Wouldn't, wouldn't bet that one. But I do like the Niners to win the game. And that'll do it for Trash Talk with TK. We'll be back with a brand new episode next week. Brand new episodes every week during football season. Talk to you guys next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.